I'd like to welcome you to the ministry of McCormick's Creek Church. We certainly hope that you will enjoy this selection. If you'll help me with some scriptures, this isn't, I'm not going to take very long because I want, I want to pray again here in a little bit, but there's a, there's a place to where we get that, that I find myself getting comfortable in, even in a service, in any given service. You get to a, to a place and it just it feels good and that's where you want to stay, even though you feel in your heart that God is, is pushing, pushing for something, something more. And then as soon as it's over and I'm not feeling what I was feeling, then I start praying, God, let me have more, let me have more. And then he reminds me, Zach, well, I was trying to give you more the other night and you didn't, you didn't want it. What, what, what happened? What changed? Now, God, I, I'm, I guess I'm weird, different, but God, there, there's nothing, uh, it's, it's got to be direct. It can't be, when God speaks, I, I don't take that for granted, so I don't want him to tell me what I want to hear. Does that make sense? I want him to get to the point. So when I'm asking God to do something for me or change this or change that, then he is very honest and open and reminds me of times when he was going to do that anyway. So the point is is that I want to get to a place to where I'm letting him freely do what he wants to do right from the start. And that's what I want him to do this year, Sister Robert. I want to better come into this place and just freely let him do what he wants to do from the start and not get to the place that I always get to and then stop and then ask him for that same thing that he wanted to do anyway later. Does that make any sense? Sister Dean, does that, does that make any? A little bit? All right. Hallelujah. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 8 says, We are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. Always bearing about in the body, dying of the Lord Jesus Christ, that the life also of Christ might be made manifest in our body. But keep going. This is really good stuff. For we which live are always delivered unto death for Jesus' sake, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our mortal flesh. So then death worketh in us, but life in you. Is any of this making sense to anybody? Does everybody see this, this, this constant pull from flesh and spirit, and it's just a constant battle all the time? So then death forsaketh us, but life in you. We have in the same spirit of faith, according as it is written, I believed, and therefore have I spoken we also believe and therefore speak. Keep going. And knowing that he which raised up Lord Jesus shall raise up us also by Jesus and shall present us with you. For all things are for your sakes. Everything that God's ever done has been for my sake. That the abundant grace might through the thanksgiving of many rebound. Did I say rebound? Redound? To the glory of God. For which cause we faint not, but though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed every day. So what's Paul saying? There is just a constant battle. You may be seated. There's always, no matter how, whether you're on the mountaintop or you're in the valley, there it's a constant battle. There's constantly stuff going on in your flesh. As soon as something good happens to you, there's something bad to follow. And that's the way. Hallelujah, Jesus. And it's so easy to get discouraged. So tonight I don't want you to get discouraged. I don't want you to get, get upset. I don't want you to, to get weary in well-doing. Because in due season, because in due season, if you don't quit, if you'll just endure for a little while. James said that he that endureth until the end. <clears throat> he didn't say how bad it was going to get. 
And I know that it's easy for us to look at somebody else and see that it seems like your life is rougher or harder, but, but that old saying, that walk in a mile in someone else's shoes, you don't really know what your neighbor's really going through. You have no idea the battles and the, the, mental, the mental philosophies that are, are going on constantly and constantly. And every time you try to do good, evil is present. And every time that you try to, try to make something right, something reminds you of all the things that you've done wrong. And it's just a constant battle, and it's never, ever going to stop, ever. It'll never end until we leave this world. It's going to always, always be there. And that's what Paul's talking about is no matter what, there, there's got to be something inside of you that pushes you beyond this, this, this spot. There has to be something that pushes you beyond just getting to, to a certain level and that being good enough. It should never be good enough to, to get to this level. Your constant action should be always to be better. It should always be better. And it, it, the, the closer you get to God, God, the harder it gets. I was talking to the men, it was some, and I was trying to hurry, and I, I skipped over a lot of stuff that I wanted to say. But, but Abraham is somebody that I... I uh, Brother Floyd has got me this, these CDs of uh, the study of Abraham, and man, it is just, it's so us. Even though it was 6,000 years ago, it, it's the same, the same things that he went through, we're going through. The same struggles and the same things that you think that nobody would ever struggle with but me. He struggled with them, and he fought them every day, and they never left him. They were always right there. But here's, here's the tricky part. Here's where we're at. We cannot, this is what I told him in, you, we, get, we all want to go up Mount Moriah, just figuratively speaking, spiritually. We all want to get to the mountaintop, every one of us. There's not any of us that are in a valley and just enjoy it. You endure it, but you don't enjoy the valley. You, wanna, you want that mountaintop experience. The problem is, is that you have to make a decision. Either keep Ishmael or get rid of Ishmael. God wouldn't let him go up Mount Moriah until he got rid of Ishmael. You can't. You can't. It's impossible. And you know why? It made sense when he started talking about it. It really started to make sense. Because I didn't understand. I was like, well, what's the big deal? You're always going to have your flesh. That's what Ishmael is. He's just your, the, the flesh side of things. And Isaac is all the supernatural and the spiritual things that you desire. You're always going to have those two with you. So why not keep Ishmael around and still take Isaac? You're, the, the, the miracle's still there. What, what's the difference? Until he explained it to me, I didn't understand. And he said that if you go up Mount Moriah with Isaac and you still have Ishmael in your tent, that your whole journey up the mountain is going to be wasted because the whole time you're thinking that if God doesn't give me the miracle and allow me to keep my son, I've got Ishmael to fall back on. And as long as I've got my flesh to fall back on, it's never going to work. It'll never be what I want it to be. So until we make up our minds that, that where we've gotten, isn't, it's not good enough. Not, not as a church standpoint, but you personally, Brother Anderson, where you've gotten with God, until you make up your mind that that's not enough for me, that I want more, and you make up your mind to get rid of some things and to clean some stuff out. And I'm not saying there's sin in the camp and we're all going... That's, please, don't, don't misconstrue what I'm saying. I'm saying you personally, Brother Duncan... You do some self-examining. You just get rid of some stuff. We all have vices. We all have things that we struggle with. But it's one thing for us to always talk about it all year long. Well, I'm struggling with this. I'm struggling with that. Well, stop struggling with it and get rid of it. You see what I mean? I understand there's going to be some things that are going to be with you always. Even, 
I've seen where Jesus answered everybody's request except for Paul's. Paul's the one guy doing everything for you that you wanted done after you were gone. You healed all kinds of people that didn't deserve to be healed. You touched all kinds of people's lives that didn't deserve to be touched. Some of the people that God, Jesus, touched more than others were there yelling, crucify him. But then Paul, the one guy that's doing everything more than anybody else, he's got an issue that he's asking you to take care of, and you say, well, my grace is sufficient. Does that make sense to anybody? <laughs> it's the same thing that you hear, you hear this, too. You hear this. Now, I'm trying not to step out. I don't have nobody to tell me to shut up, so this is, this is different. But there are people that I've, I've heard them say that, yeah, Brother Floyd, you tell me to shut up. If they get to this place to where, well, I never thought that I would be hurt in church. Or I never felt like there would be people in church talk about me the way that I've had people talk about me. What Bible are you reading? Where, where is that in Scripture that the people in church are going to treat you better than people in the world? Joseph's church tried to kill him. Have, have any of you guys been sold to the Taliban? Do you, do, you, do you understand what I'm saying? That wasn't just his brothers. That was his church family. His father was the pastor. And every one of you can relate because you've heard Brother Robertson say something nice about somebody from up here and immediately you hate that person. Him say something about Brother Tony, you know how he loves conversing with Brother Tony, because he, he is a very intellectual man. He's smarter than me, and it just makes you not like him now. It's like, and that's not right. Hallelujah, Jesus. But we all get there. We're all there. The problem is, is that you are going to have people sitting beside you say something that you don't like. There's just going to be situations. But it's what we do with that that makes or breaks who you are. It's, it's making up your mind that, Brother Anderson, I, I love you, but it doesn't matter what you think of me. That I've got my own mountain to climb. I've got my own place I've got to get to, Brother Duncan. And I, I'll never be able to get there if I let the opinions of people, even my church family, affect my relationship with God. It, it will destroy everything that you're trying to get to. Hallelujah, Jesus. But it's going to happen. You're not going to, you can't get out of it, Brother John. It's going to happen. Now, I'm not saying that it's right. I'm not condoning it. I'm just saying it's going to happen. You can't keep it from happening. Guess what? My kid's going to say something bad about your kid, and we're going to have to talk about it. And you're going to want to punch my son, and that's not cool. And then we're going to have to deal with that. Hallelujah, Jesus. It's just, it's part of it. It's life. It's life. The cool thing is, is that years later, when you can still talk about it with the same parent that you had an issue with five years ago, that's, that's the cool part. That's the cool part. It's to better look back and see where God's brought both of you from. Because <laughs> as much as you want to feel that you're, you're right where you're supposed to be, we're not. As much as you want to feel that you're right in the perfect relationship with God that you've always dreamed of, you're not. You can do better. If it took Abraham 30 years to get to Moriah, how long is it going to take me to get there? I mean, it, that's why God doesn't get in a hurry, because if he got in a hurry, he would get frustrated with me. If he, if he really wanted us to get there, if he, there was a time limit, we would never make it. Because there's no way that he wanted it take, to take Abraham that long. It just did. And a lot of stuff had to happen along the way. He had to get rid of his nephew and that family, and he had to... There was just so much stuff that had to go on before that moment was ready. 
Why did it take so long before Isaac was ever born? Why not God just answer that promise when He made the promise to him? Why? Because the man that Abraham was then and the man Abraham was when he was born, they were two different people. Totally different men. If God would have showed Abraham, a lot of times we want to see this too. We want to see, God show me, show me where I'm going to be, Jake. I, I want to know. I want to know. But the problem was if, if God would have showed Abraham where, what kind of man he'd have been at Moriah when he was still in Eric Chaldees, he'd have never left. I know I wouldn't have left because he sees mountaintops beyond where we're trying to get to. Not only did God see Moriah and that mountaintop, he seen what else there was for Abraham. And if, if there's not steps and there's not things in our way, then you'll never become the person that you're supposed to become. And that's the point. That's life. Hallelujah, Jesus. Now, I'm not saying that you talking bad about somebody is, is part of the plan that God has. That's not what I'm saying. So don't, don't, don't do that. I'm saying that it's going to happen. It, it's, it's, it's just part of it. It's what we do with it. it it's where we, go, where we go from there. What happens when you have a situation? Like Brother, Brother Doug's not here. What happens when your wife is sick? And there's clearly not the healing that you so much desire. What do you do? What, what? Yeah, it's easy for me to say, yeah, keep praying. My wife's fine. You see, you see what I'm saying? If your, your kids are sick, not just the flu, I'm talking really sick, pneumonia, they're, they're, they could die. It's easy when your kids are healthy to say, yeah, keep praying. You'll, they'll be fine. God will heal them. It's different when I'm in that situation. It's different when I'm going. It's easy for me to say, Brother Fox, he had a, he had a rough year. Hang in there. Because I'm not going through what he went through. It's different when we're in that situation. So what do we do? We keep, we keep going. And then you deal with the outside pressure. Oh, this wonderful world that loves to, to pick and pry and <laughs> knows that you have somebody sick in your life and knows that you're praying to this God that they don't believe in and wants to know why from the outside looking in, well, why, what's wrong with your God? Why, why isn't he touching this person? You, you've given everything you've got to this guy. Why isn't he... You see what I mean? That's life. You're going to have to deal with that. But he that endureth till the end. Your co-workers are never going to understand. They're never going to see what you're seeing. Your family is never going to see. I heard a preacher say, he said, I, he said, I tried every religion. He said, my, my family had no problem when I was going to Mass. They had no problem when I was helped build this Presbyterian church. They had no problem until I got into this. When I started talking about the tongues and separation. Now all of a sudden they don't want to talk to me anymore. Why? Because this, this, this changes you. You can't really truly live this and stay the same. You, you cannot. You have to change. Hallelujah, Jesus. But I look at David. I see him in this battle. They get done fighting just as we all fight. And he gets home and there's nothing there. His family's gone. All the guys he's fighting with, their families are gone. The camp's been tore upside down. And then all these guys that were, he was just fighting for, now they want to kill him. Hallelujah. And what makes David the man after God's own heart is his ability to encourage himself in the Lord. The Bible says it, and David encouraged himself in the Lord. When he was tired and frustrated, he just got done 
fighting this ungodly battle. And now the same men that he was shedding blood for now want him dead. Like that's going to bring their family back. And even though their minds were, were off track, he stayed, he stayed focused. He knew who just brought him through that battle. He understood how he was going to get his family home. It wasn't him acting like I would have acted. It wasn't him acting like some of us would have acted. It was him stopping and saying, God, you're the only way out of this. And he had the ability at his lowest point. Lost his family. Come on, think about it for a second. What are you going to do when you come home and your wife and kids aren't there? And everybody that you were fighting with now wants to kill you. Come on, that's heavy. And somehow he mustered up the strength to... I've got a plan. Do you have a plan? Do you have a plan when everything falls apart? Because it's easy, Brother Silvers, when we're up on the mountaintop worshiping God and everything's falling. And Hallelujah. Do you have a plan when you're in the valley? Do you you really have a, a way out? Oh, I'll just deal with it when I get there. That's a bad plan. That's a really bad plan. Hallelujah. That was what made him different. All these other men, they come home expecting a different result. See, David, he had, he had been changed. There had been things in his life that didn't go according to plan. He had been watching sheep and a lion come out of the woods. All of a sudden, his plans change. He had brought his brother's food, and there's a giant bla- being blasphemous towards everything that he stood for. His plans changed. <laughs> Sometimes we need to get our plans to change. We need something to change, change us so we can be ready for when that moment comes. Because there are moments when you're going to have to encourage yourself in God and everybody around you is going to want you to die. And I know that that's worst case scenario, but you understand what I'm... In the Spirit, you've got to be ready no matter what comes your way. That's what made David so great. No matter what came his way, And I'll give him some more credit while we're talking about him. He done something that most men wouldn't. He said, I'm wrong. <laughs> How hard is that? Hallelujah, Jesus. There are times when you're going to be wrong. And I know it's hard. Except for brother, you're not going to be wrong. But everybody else, they're going to go through that moment when, when you're going to be wrong. And David made some made some errors, and he made some he made he was human. He wasn't perfect. But he had the ability to say, I'm wrong. Hallelujah. Do me a favor when you are in that situation and you're wrong, just say, I'm wrong. And fix it. You'll go. You have so much more fun. Hallelujah, Jesus. But there's all a place, there is a place that all of us are trying to strive to get to. And I'm, I'm, I'm closing right now. There is a, there is a, um, there's a level that all of us are desiring to get to. And I'm, I'm, I want you to know that you're going to get there this year. And I'm not saying that as a resolution. I'm saying that if you want to get there, this is your year to get there. This is your year. Because it's all about the kingdom. That's, that's, our, uh, that's our banner for the year. 
it's all it's all about the kingdom. And if you're if you're if your intentions are pure, Sister Kaufman, and that's really where you want to get to, and it's going to benefit the kingdom of God, then you're going to get there. And that goes for every every one of us. If that's really what you desire, and there's there's not false pretenses there, and you really you really want to get there for God, then you're going to get there this year. But I need you to I need you to have a plan. I need everybody in there. I need you to have a plan. Because in the midst of the, of the flock, and you're enjoying your, your time with the sheep, there, there's going to be adversary there. And you better have a plan. And one plan that a lot of us have that's a bad plan is, he did it, she did it, they did it, I had nothing to do with it. I was there, but it... <clears throat> Hallelujah, Jesus. Stay out of Egypt. Abraham's biggest mistake was going to Egypt. Hallelujah. Not only when he was in Egypt, he lied about it, but as soon as he got out of Egypt, as soon as he got his head on straight and he left, him and his family and Lot, something had happened and it forced a separation there. And he lost a good God. The Bible calls Lot a righteous man of God. Abraham lost a righteous man of God. Because he wanted to go somewhere that he wasn't supposed to go to. And as a church, as a family, as husbands, as wives, you've got to make up your mind. There's certain places we're not going to go. There's certain things that we're not going to say. Now, here's the, here's the difference. The reason I'm not yelling and screaming it is because every time we do, we start clapping and, yeah. Now, here's the, here's the difference. Is when you see people that are not doing that, you don't have the right to be judgmental towards them not your call I'm not saying that they're justified what I'm saying is is that if you've chosen to do everything that he says that doesn't give you free reign to judge those who don't do everything that he says hallelujah Jesus now I know it's easy to to agree to to dress a certain way and to act a certain way and to cut your hair and to not cut your hair and to wear this and to not wear this and to, to not do that. You understand. There's a lot of rules. Hallelujah. And there is a point in time when they don't become rules anymore. They're just, they're my life. They're my lifestyle. But that doesn't give me free reign to judge those who don't follow the same lifestyle that I do. <clears throat> and the problem is, is that sometimes there's people looking for a reason to get out and I just gave them a reason to leave. And I don't have that authority or that right to give them a reason under those circumstances. Now don't get me wrong, there's going to be people that are going to find, find fault in me and to better justify leaving. And I can't help that. But I'm not going to give them ammunition to use against me either. Hallelujah. But God is worthy to be praised and I want us to go places this year that we've not went. And I need your help. We got to get it past. We got to get it outside of these walls. We got to get it into our homes. Go beyond. It goes beyond home groups. It, it's something that God really, really hit me with. Um, thank you to everybody that come um, New Year's Eve, and, and um, I had a good time. And um, for those of you that come and prayed, and that was really important to me. That was. And if you didn't come, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. Judging. I hope that you prayed at home. I hope you you brought in the year the way that you and your family needed to. But but that was that was important to me, and there was a lot. There were several people that come, and I thank you so much for coming. But 
when we were talking, we were talking a whole range and realm of different things, but I I want to talk about God more. I want to... Brother Davis, there's a there's a place that... Got it. You, you have to be careful. I, you can't be so spiritually minded that you're no earthly good. I understand that. But but we've got to find a balance. In McCormick's Creek, we, we've got to find that balance. That There has to be a balance of, of good and evil. There's got to be a balance of things that are talked about and things that are not talked about. And I'm not saying that we can't do anything other than talk about God, but but maybe maybe this year, Chris, maybe we can talk about God a little bit a little bit more than what we did last year. Maybe we can discuss something that you found in here that you want to talk about. And I think that needs to be open to everybody. Sister deems somebody that I feel comfortable finding something and talking to her about it because she's read it a hundred times, and that that's that's easy. But there, there there should be an open communication between all of us. That's that's part of the plan. That's part of getting the plan is to be able to talk to people and, and to to get get more involved. Please please stand with me. I uh, there there are things that I I want for for me this year that that I I think is possible. I think that it's crazy to try to come up with a with an unreachable goal <laughs> and try to reach it. I'm not saying you shouldn't try your best, but there there's got to be a be a place that all of us can get to as a church. It does no good if, if all the ministry is, is on the mountaintop and all the churches in the valley. That, that, won't, that won't work. We all have to cross Jordan. They all crossed Jordan together. It took a long time to get three million people across there, but they all went together. They didn't, okay, this, this, this tribe go, nobody else can go. Everybody went, went together. And I think that it's important that we stick together. I want to, I want to close in close in prayer. I, I ask, there, there's something that is on my heart, and I, it is kind of the carnal business side. But um, I got the great honor of, of becoming a deacon last year, and it, it's something that I do take very personal. It's something that's important to me. I want the church to to be better, and, and my opinion's not better than than any others. But I, it's something that's important to me, and I take a lot of respect in that. But there is there's a lot of financial things that I I want I want to, I want God to to do. From McCormick Creek this year, I, and I, I not only do it, but I want him to to show it in a way to where we know it was him, to where it wasn't somebody. You, you understand what I'm saying? I, I want it, I want it to to blow my mind how God did it. Does that make sense? And I I want I want to see it. I want to see it for my pastor. I want to see it for the future of our church. I just I want our faith. To, to go to places that it's not been yet. And I, and I think the only way that it would be is, is through this situation. This situation affects all of us. And everybody, everybody in this place, Brother Robertson said it in, in the meeting, that, that everybody that gave this year to, to, the, to the sacrifice sale and, and everybody that gave even abundance amount, they gave to the church and did not want their name to be on it. They gave, they gave without, you know, this Sister Laurie, this is the money, but I, please don't, don't tell anybody that, that I gave. What would, not one person that gave abundance amount of money wanted anybody to know who it was. Do you know, do you know what that means? I mean, really, the character of people in our church, that it's not, oh, I gave, Sister Laurie, put my, oh, I gave 5,000. You understand what I'm saying? We have an awesome church that's built on, on a, a lot of character. 
to give a bunch of money and not have their name on it. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. But I do. I want, I want, I want you to help me pray. And I know you guys have a lot of things to, to pray about. And we just went through everybody. Everybody knows somebody that's, that's in need right now. But, but I want you to pray for the finances of the church. I want you to, to keep, and I know everybody is, is giving as much as they can. I know Christmas was last week, and I know a lot of people have given above and beyond. But I, uh, I want you to pray that, that God would just bind the spirit of pro- poverty and just release a spirit of prosperity in our church, in, our, in Owen County, and in each and every home. In Jesus' name. Help me pray right now. God, I ask you, Jesus, to touch every heart, every mind in this building. God, help us to come together. Allow a spirit of unity to flood through this house, Jesus. Pray for every situation, every need that was brought up before, God, that you just have your way. But God, I bind, I bind the spirit of poverty in Owen County and in my church and in my church family, God. And I release the spirit of prosperity in my church and in my city, in my home. Right now, in the name of Jesus, I pray, God, that you take authority over this, Lord, right now in Jesus' name, God. Touch every heart, every mind, every spirit, God. Help us to get where we're trying to get to this year. In Jesus' name we pray, God, that we would, we would get rid of all the Ishmaels, God, and that we would cling to Isaac as we climb this mountain. In Jesus' name I pray. Hallelujah, Jesus. And everybody say, Amen. Hallelujah. Hug somebody's neck. Tell them that you love them, that you're praying for them. In Jesus' name, and you are dismissed.